Our scripture today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 42, if you'd like to read along. But I invite everyone to stand as they are able for the Gospel lesson. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and he watched Jesus walk by. He exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So, in January, we are doing a sermon series on baptism. In uh, church analytics or... Um, looking at church membership theologically, uh, there is a framework um, that I've seen as a pastor, and it is believe, believe in Jesus, belong, belong to a family, a church family, become a disciple, believe, belong, become. And sometimes that you believe in Jesus comes first, and so you find a place of belonging that helps you become a disciple. But those kind of analytics have kind of turned over its head and it said, no, you need to find a place where you belong. Then you are more free to believe in the Jesus um, that helps you feel belonging, and you will become a disciple. So some of us may have uh, believed first and found a place of belonging to help us be a disciple or vice versa. But that's kind of the framework for the sermon series on uh, baptism. And so last week we talked about believing in Jesus um, and how we respond to that belief. Today we want to talk about belonging. And then next week we will talk about becoming a disciple through baptism. Now I want to share this framework with you because on the 29th, we are going to remember our baptism together uh, through ritual and liturgy. And I just want to bring an open invitation. If you have not yet been baptized, because in the Methodist Church we do not re-baptize, but if you have not yet been baptized and want to be, 
on the 29th, you may have your chance, but please reach out to me and, and we'll talk about what that looks like and how we do that. But for everybody here, we are going to be remembering our baptism together. As Lonnie mentioned here at the children's moment, uh, she doesn't remember her baptism because she was itty bitty. I don't remember my baptism because I was itty bitty. But what we remember is the gift that God gives to us. We can all lay claim to that memory. But today, I want to talk about belonging. Now, we'll get to what it means to belong to a church family and what it means to belong um, to God, but I think all of us have a story where we felt, I don't belong here. Am I the only one? Have you ever felt like that? You ever walk into your space and you're like, I don't think I belong here. I uh, am half Korean, half Caucasian, and I grew up in a very small town, not small anymore, but Blythewood, South Carolina, and we were the only Asian family in that whole town for a long time. You know, the saying, uh, uh, which side of the tracks do you live on? And in Blythewood, there's the main road and the railroad, and there are sides of the track. Who do you belong to? Well, would you believe it that I lived on the tracks? It's true. Unironically, I live on the track, so I didn't belong to this group or that group. And even now when we go visit, we, uh, the kids will sit and watch the train cars and they'll count them together. But having been half Korean, half uh, Caucasian, I never really felt like I belonged anywhere. If I was in a room with uh, my home church, is a Korean United Methodist Church, mostly Korean people, they were my church family, but there was something I was like, I'm, I'm a little bit different being uh, biracial. I didn't quite fully belong. Being um, living on the tracks, and it's more than a geographic uh, indicator, but um, other indicators as well, living on the track, I didn't belong over here and I didn't belong over there. And I'm not saying this to garner any pity, but to say I learned from an early age a bit of self-awareness of where I belonged and there are always reminders of where I belonged and where I didn't. And even when you do the SATs or um, even now when you fill out forms for the government, it says, are you this, are you that? Are you white Caucasian, are you Asian? Sometimes I feel, I think I'm feeling pretty Korean today. If I can only pick out one, I think I'll pick this. <laughs> it's true. Some days I feel a little bit more American today, so I'm gonna fill in that bubble. And some days, thankfully, those, some of those lists uh, graciously offer a bubble that says other. How telling is that? Other, I certainly feel other some days too. I think all of us have had some kind of moment where we felt, I don't think I belong here. Maybe you went to a restaurant and realized everybody's wearing a jacket but you. Maybe you went to, as I have done, uh, Spoleto is in Charleston. It was a special occasion, and we went to the, um, one of the plays for Spoleto and the Opera House, and I thought at the Opera House you wear very, very nice gowns and cocktail dresses, and so we dressed up. Some people are wearing jeans and sneakers, and some people are wearing full suits and ties and, and tails. 
I don't know if any one of us belongs here. <laughs> no one got the memo about what to wear. And I hope you realize I'm not talking, I'm, I'm talking clothes. I'm talking about something else entirely also. I hesitate to, to tell this story for a couple of reasons, but I, I, I went to, I'm going to tell it anyway and, and hope that you will hold my vulnerability in your care, but I went to a, a meeting uh, with a couple of colleagues and afterwards we said, we're going to go uh, to a restaurant. Some towns don't have restaurants, they have bars. I'm just saying. So we went to look for a place where we can rest, relax, and talk. And one of our colleagues and friends was an African-American man. And we had all parked our cars, got out, parking lot, started walking, and he stopped dead in his tracks. And he said, I, I don't think I belong here. I think I'm gonna walk back to uh, the hotel, which was about two miles away. And we said, what are you talking about? How can you so suddenly feel like you don't belong here? It's just a parking lot. And he revealed to us all the ways in which he does not belong in certain places. And there were some um, signage across the street that made it very clear that he didn't belong in this town. And so we said to him, if you don't feel like you belong here to rest and to uh, relax and enjoy uh, time together. None of us belong here. And so we piled up in our cars and we found a new place uh, to spend time together. There is something deeply human and ingrained in us to find places of belonging. Whether that is a place to spend time with your friends, whether that is a, a place to worship, whether that is a place to even work. We're looking for a place to belong. Now, I wonder if this has invoked some memories to you of, I don't think I belong here, or even what I call that middle school lunchroom anxiety, where you come into your room and you're looking, where are my people? Oh, there they are. I'll go sit at that table where I belong. But I want us to shift gears and think of a moment where you walked into a room, where you parked in a parking lot, when you sat at a table and said, these are my people, I belong here. Now, any of you had that moment that you can kind of put your memory to, I belong here? Any show of hands, a couple of people? Good, I'm so glad. There's something as hurtful as it is where you feel like, I don't belong here, I'm not wearing the right clothes, I'm not driving the right car, I don't uh, look the right way, I don't speak this particular language. Hopefully there are moments where you walk and you said, yes, I belong here. And I think of what, what is it about that room, that place, that parking lot, that restaurant, that lunchroom table that makes you feel, I belong here, that sense of belonging. And I try to put my finger on it, and I hope that you can think through that too, but I think what helps me feel like I belong is more than what the cars are being driven, the, whether somebody's wearing the right clothes or the right shoes or the right language, it's, it's deeper than that. It is hospitality. 
I might not look like the person at the table or in the room or the parking lot or whatever, but is there a sense of welcome? More than just welcome, come on in, but almost a sense of we've been expecting you. Come, have a seat right here. And that sense of welcome and that sense of I belong here, it doesn't have to be tied to a place. I think it goes with people. So it's a, a ring of comfort, of hospitality, of Christ's love and kindness that doesn't live in a building, but it lives with you. And so, so many um, years of my adolescence and even sometimes my adulthood where I know what it feels like to not belong, I try to bring a house of hospitality that says, welcome, I've been waiting for you. Even if it's as simple as, um, so in Costco, uh, um, what was it, Friday, that's our, that's our date, me and my husband. We go to Costco on Friday when the kids are in school. But we were walking in Costco and there was a woman who was wearing some very fun looking shoes. And I just stopped and I said, you know, everybody's so focused, gotta get their, their uh, groceries, gotta get their list, gotta get their uh, 24 pack of, of Coca-Cola, gotta get those samples. We're all in our zone. And I said, I love your shoes. She snapped right up and, and started telling me about her shoes. And there was this place based not on um, anything except, I think we have something in common about our taste. And I welcomed her to, to converse about these things. And for a moment, those thin spaces, I felt like we belonged to each other. And then we moved on and I got my cheese sample and she got her soda or wherever we went in Costco. But the feeling of belonging is more than just walls. It's who is in the walls and what culture of hospitality are we bringing. And I talk about belonging in this series of baptism because that is exactly what God offers to us. When we were created, we were created to walk in the garden with God, to commune with him, to have conversations regularly. I mean, Adam and Eve and God were walking in the garden together. We didn't have a longing to belong because that's what we were created for. But through sin, we got lost from God and from each other. And I think we each try to find our way with longing to find a place of belonging. And as we are all gathered here under God's roof, I believe that that sense of belonging is rooted in God's heart. And so in that children's book that Lonnie read for us, and then the scripture from last week, when Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened up, the dove descended, and God said, this is my son. And the children's book says every time one of us is baptized, the heavens open up and God says, that one's mine. That's my son, that's my daughter, you belong to me. And God belongs to us. We found each other through baptism. Now some may be baptized and never feel that sense of belonging. It is an invitation to find that family. And family is a little bit, of, it's work, isn't it? When I was thinking about what are places or groups of belonging, and even that children's book is about belonging to the family of God, 
I really wrestled with using um, the model of family to talk about belonging because families are messy, some families are estranged, some families are beautifully blended, some families are expanded through birth and adoption, and some families um, shrink through death and divorce. Families are very messy. And there is a bit of that in being in the family of God, but we are called to love one another anyway. We belong to each other, we belong to God. Now, how does this relate to baptism? Well, God says, you are my children, you are my son, you are my daughter, um, you belong to me. In baptism, we recognize and we say, yep, I belong to you. But more than that, in our vows, in the United Methodist tradition and liturgy, there's a piece that says we belong to each other. And that's that part of how baptism is um, our induction to this church family. So if you'd like to read along, if we got some visual learners, I'll read it to you. But you can open to page 37 in your hymnal. And the, there's a theology of this belonging to each other. After a person is baptized, the pastor invites the congregation, y'all, to welcome that person with this liturgy. It says, now it is our joy to welcome our new sister and brother in Christ. Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And with joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as members of the family of Christ. What a comfort that is that no matter how messy our families are, um, we can find a family here through baptism. But as we think about Jesus' baptism as our own, perhaps some of you are considering maybe it's time that you get baptized or your child get baptized, it's a place of belonging. And maybe you have felt belonging here uh, at Trinity or in, in this worship space. But here's a question I want to send you with is, do you feel God's belonging? Have you found your church family but most importantly, what part have you played to help others feel belonging? And that takes us back to the scripture that we read. You know, Jesus was just walking, just minding his business, walking. And John says to John's own disciples, he says, there's Jesus. That's the one I told you about. who takes the sins of the world, the Lamb of God. And so his disciples go and follow. The next day, Jesus is just walking on the sidewalk. I mean, they didn't have sidewalks, but Jesus is just walking. And John the Baptist says, no, 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 no. This is the one I told you about. This is the Lamb of God. This is the one that the dove descended on. And he points Jesus to Andrew. And Andrew follows. And he finds a place of belonging with Jesus, but it doesn't just stop there. And that's where I think all churches and, and Christians and church members need to be self-aware is it doesn't just stop with finding your place of belonging in a congregation or in the family of baptism, but the next step is helping somebody else find that belonging too. Andrew went home and told his brother, he said, I have found Jesus, come and see. 
So John points to Andrew, Andrew points to Peter, and Peter makes plenty of churches that all point to Jesus. And we live in this great story of belonging, further widening the doors, widening our arms to say, you already belong, you were already loved by God, but come and let's belong as a family. And that is one of the great theologies and mystery and, and miracle of what baptism is, is that you find your family. So as we consider all these things in our heart this following week, I hope that you will also take with you consideration of where do you feel like you belong and how have you been an Andrew or John the Baptist and said, come here, let us follow Jesus and we can belong to this family together. I hope you'll come back next week and we'll talk about what's next after we're baptized, which is to become disciples. And again, if you are considering um, uh, to be baptized or your child baptized or grandchild, uh, let me know. And again, consider in your hearts and prayerfully um, prepare yourself for January 29th when we will remember our baptism together as we've been doing these past few weeks.